all corners of the globe to your ears. It's the Midnight Movie Cowboys. Sometimes informative, sometimes controversial, but always unpredictable. It's the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast with your hosts, Hunter, John, and Stu. And now, on with the show. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Midnight Movie Cowboys. I'm Hunter, back, and with me is Mr. Stuart Balk in Australia. Say hello, Stu. Hello. I've got all Colin Pollock from Me Time today. <laughs> glasses and the hoodie. <laughs> Me Time. Hey. Oh, man. One of the three greatest movies ever. And uh, in the Rocky Mountain High of Colorado, sporting a, a, a beard, it's Mr. John Gray. Say hello, John. <laughs> Hey, scumbags. Hey, hey John, you're going to grow your BG's beard back? There's <laughs> 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 that one picture I've seen of you from, I don't know how far back it was. Um, Your son was little, so I'm guessing it's quite a few years back now. Yeah, it was like about down to here, I think. Or it, it was massive. Pretty... And I think it was a picture yeah. of you out in the field, and I'm like, man, there's some massive BG's beard right there. I think I was putting, like, uh, beard oil in it at that point because <laughs> it was getting so thick, and I had to keep it under control. Oh, well. I feel like we're getting some feedback from someone's computer. I'm hearing, like, rah, 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 rah. Here, check mine. Test it. Is it me? Hello, hello. No. Hello, hello. I don't know. Hello. Well, no, it might be just cross pollination. Okay, it might uh, be me. Um, I did can't see get your video right. Can't done. get your fucking audio right. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Damn. Um, <laughs> Maybe I should get headphones some... on or something. I think yeah, that would that. be a good idea, Eric. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold on. Yeah, get some headphones. Right. Um, and. Uh, that voice you just heard, uh, a man famous for playing uh, uh, the dummy of Danny, the exploding dummy of Danny Trejo in Death Wish for the Crackdown. Uh, that was Mr. Eric Zaldivar, who you can see there. He is, in fact, a mannequin dummy. He does not move, but he talks um, and occasionally explodes. Uh, so. Uh, so he's probably getting his headphones right now. Do we want to go ahead and whip out our junk? <laughs> Sure. Yeah. All right. I'll go first. I got something away for a bit. I got some good stuff. Um, this is one from a label that Eric's been doing some work with, Cauldron Video, City of the Living Dead, Bulchi, 4K. Nice. It comes with some stickers, a poster, soundtrack. It's pretty. Did you say that was say that was 4K or Blu-ray? Yeah. 4K. 4K. Wow. Who would have thought back in the 80s when you're renting these tapes out if you could get them? They'd be getting these ultra high definition releases. I know it's crazy. Bizarre. I got yeah, I got that. Um, got this one in the mail yesterday. Bogdanovich's Targets from Criterion on Blu-ray. Uh, one of the few releases they've had that I felt like picking up lately. Um, great. What movie. year is that one? Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Okay. Mm -hmm. This was Bogdanovich's first like real movie, I guess. Um, and then I got a couple of John Ford movies, silent films with Harry Carey, straight shooting and L bent. So I've been on a Ford kick lately. I also got the man who shot Liberty Valance on 4k, but I left it at school cause I was using it in class. Oh, that's so, a, that's so. a, that's of the, you know, you guys know, I don't like Westerns, but man who shot Liberty Valance is a fantastic film. 
That's one of the rare Westerns I really enjoy. Yeah, I was showing it to the the students and many of them had never seen a Western or John Wayne film. And some of them were like, that's the best movie we watched all year. Like, you know, they were floored by it. Um, And uh, I meant to bust this one out last time Eric was on. And for some reason, I just slipped my mind. Hardcover edition of Lee Van Cleef, a biographical film and television reference by our friend Mike Malloy. Wow. Yeah. Where'd you score that? eBay? Mike. He found some oh, okay. uh, hardcover copies. He posted about it on Instagram, and I sent him a message saying, hey, I'll uh, send you some money for one. So he mailed it to oh, me. Cool. And a couple of music items. Three music items. New Depeche Mode, Memento Mori, um, which I like quite a bit. <laughs> you and uh, Sticks and Hammer and uh, yeah. Richard Spencer having a listening party? <laughs> yeah, all the like fascists living to listening to depeche mode you gotta say the orgasmo line when you hey, say them. this man sounds a lot like depeche mode <laughs> <laughs> it's a naked mariachi band probably <laughs> what was that eric <sighs> mm, something's going on uh here's here's one uh armored saints <laughs> I don't know what's what's going on there. Uh Armored Saint, Delirious Nomad. Um, Great album. And uh, you know, I found this one the other day. Uh this was um this composer died recently, and I really like this soundtrack. Uh this is Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, soundtrack by Ryuchi Sakamoto, uh, who passed away recently. And um uh, that's a, a great, great soundtrack. So that's all my stuff. Very nice. Was that Delirious Nomad? Was that a reissue or an original secondhand one you found? This isn't, yeah, this is an older one. It's not a reissue. Okay. Um, it, yeah, I'm not sure when it was 85, it says. Yeah, but a lot of them get reissued for, you know, on like the back on black label or something. No, this isn't that. No. Okay. It's an older one. Yeah. All right. But it's in pretty good shape. It's pretty Half easy. Price? This one's pretty easy to find. Use half price books. Uh, I got it at um. Oh gosh, I got where did I get it? I think I got it at <laughs> Josie Records or something like that. I don't think I got it at Half Price Books. Okay. Which, if you come back here, you got I got to take you to Josie Records. It's this massive record store that blew up here, and they've got books and every poster. Oh really? Oh, yeah, very it's, good. It's amazing. It's enormous. Okay. Very All cool. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, who wants to go next? <laughs> this is dummy Danny Trejo. He's just got like a, a loop, he says. I don't know. I think it means he's about to explode. Eric, this is what happens when you run on Windows 7, you dope. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Is he on Windows 7? I'm just guessing. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's probably because they're damn old. He's got no proper sound card or anything. I'm at um, the Cecil Hotel. There he is. Oh, that yeah. explains it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, all right. I just finished my, my segment. Eric and I said I had a Malloy's Lee Van Cleef book was one of my items. So, I was watching. 
Oh, okay. Good. Uh, all right. Uh, Stu, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. I've, I've got only a couple of things because uh, last episode that you weren't here was enormous. So um, I'll uh, just change my background to that. And um, I did mention on the last episode that I got a enormous tub of wrestling DVDs off a guy for next to nothing, uh, which I did show off on that one. But I also got off the guy for five bucks, uh, 10 CDs of this one band who I'm, eh, they're okay, but I thought for five bucks, it's it's a throwaway. It's a coffee coffee money. Um, 10 CDs by U2. I thought I'm going to try them out. If they're no good. Yeah, the thrift store can get them as a donation. I don't really give a shit. Um, I've only heard two at the moment, and that is uh, this one, the EP U2 Wide Awake in America, which was uh, whatever. This <laughs> one, though, I'd never heard before, and I thought, wow, I was really impressed how good it was. Their 1981 album, October. That That is a damn good album. That is worth the fiver alone for that. I don't know if I've listened to that album. I've heard songs off of it, um, but I don't think I've yeah. listened to that record by itself i think i've just heard greatest hits stuff from it actually the stuff on there like uh gloria is one of the more popular ones on there stuff like i fall down um i threw a brick for a window um with a shout jerusalem man the, the the deep cuts on this album are much better than the more popular songs so that was worth it just for that alone and that's all i've got um at the moment all right john um would pick this up at the archive it is the lost continent it's a uh Ooh. on blu-ray from shout factory it, uh, hammer hammer movie uh which means i'll watch it probably be bored and then when i'm done with it i'll say hey that was that was actually pretty good yeah like most hammer films um, yeah that's how i feel i'm like i'm kind of like twiddling my thumbs and i'm over and i'm like four stars on letterboxd <laughs> <laughs> and this is based on a dennis wheatley book so i'll probably give it five stars you know oh yeah just make the nez happy mm. um other one uh here's a an odd item a patrick mower autobiography he was a tv british tv star who kind of was on the verge of always on the verge of making it big and never really did but um and i guess he's become sort of a uh, the eric braden of emmerdale uh in terms of he's on this british soap opera for the last 20 years and it's kind of just like the old the old actor on that now but uh it's fairly he knows that actors live very boring lives he's no exception so he gets in all of his sexcapades and um the worst of which is apparently he took tula's virginity the uh tra trans the, the notorious trans or z uh who was in for your right he, he didn't yeah, know that's what one. he played yeah, it's a, it's actually pretty disturbing. <laughs> oh, that's the one from the Bond. For your eyes only. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just trying to think. The the first heavily publicized one, and um, it's <clears throat> otherwise he talks about his relationships with various actresses and uh doesn't tell too much. I mean, but he tells a lot about the ones who've passed away by the time of the writing. So a lot of a lot of British actresses seem to meet early deaths and suicide and such. Uh, and also talks about working on Hammer films and all that that fun stuff. So mm -hmm. it's it, it's a hoot, you know. It's 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 fun enough to read. Um, let's see. And this I have uh, Stephen Hunter, I Sniper. Uh, I've been going through a few of these over the past year. Uh, very very thick, a bit padded, but kind of enjoyable uh, novels about uh, Bobbly Swagger. I guess they made a TV show and a movie with Mark Wahlberg playing the character, and. Um, 
I haven't seen those, but uh, supposedly they're not very faithful to the uh, to the books anyway. But um, the books themselves are kind of fun. He's uh, kind of a right wing gun nut, so enjoyable in that that fashion. He does a lot of bashing of uh, various people in the media. So they're kind of like they're in the style of a destroyer novel. They're very satiric with the politics, but um, they make the New York Times bestseller list. And he's he's uh, he's a favorite writer. Of, you walk into almost any used bookstore. And if there's a dude working there, he's like, oh, my favorite is Stephen Hunter. Like he's he's that popular. And uh, James Elroy once told me that uh, when he was going through his divorce, he read a bunch of Stephen Hunters to kind of get over it. So <laughs> It's a, it's a strange thing um a little uh side note stephen hunter was also the movie critic at the baltimore sun for like 20 or 30 years so um and you can find a book of his movie criticism it's okay it's not great but uh he was an interesting critic at least he understood guns which most critics don't hmm. okay. and that's it for me all right eric you don't get to go because you don't have a camera Oh, I've got a picture from Eric. Apparently, you want me to share that one? Do you, Eric? Is that what it is? Sure. Yes. Yes. I bought that. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Yeah, he sent it in here, so I'll just. Hey, Freddie. Screen. Take care of your dad. Drop the problem for you. Fuck is that thing, man? <laughs> <laughs> Um. All right. Shit. It's Bronson saying he's going to take care of your dandruff problem for you. <laughs> this is what Eric got. While the belly balls by Henry Lawson, mm. famed Australian author. I actually didn't buy, buy it. Eric? It was. I, I, well, that's the thing. I, I I misspoke earlier. I did not buy it, even though there's a price tag for two ninety five. It was free outside the bookstore, so I grabbed it. Fucking Yanks should be paying three hundred bucks for that thing. Well. Classic. We don't, uh, we don't value this over here. So. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. And it comes. I guess I'll take a picture of it. But you can. It came with a 1975 season ticket for the LA Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be still valid? You reckon? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't go anyway. No. All right. Um. Stop. All right. All right, let's get so the movie it. we're talking about this week is Death Wish Five: The Face of Death, uh, starring Charles Bronson, directed by the director of such illustrious films as 2001: A Space Travesty, Alan A. Goldstein, um, <laughs> and uh, produced by it's produced by Golan and Globus, but it's not a Golan and Globus film, right? It's canon wasn't a thing anymore. No. By this time, yeah, because this is 1994, mm-hmm. and so this is this is the first Death Wish that is in a post Home Alone world. Okay, <laughs> that's important. So that that is important. <laughs> okay, uh, and it stars uh, starring with Bronson. You've got Michael Parks who plays the villain. A very entertaining performance. Yep. You've got Saul Rubinek, uh, and you've got uh, Robert Joy who's uh preoccupation with dandruff is uh you know <laughs> a big deal it's it's yeah. set up a lot in the plot that he has bad dandruff and mm-hmm. i'm going okay this is going to pay off somehow mm-hmm. like bronson's going to like skin him alive or something and he's going to be like i'll show you a dandruff problem and like scalp him or something <laughs> you know 
<laughs> but no. He just goes, I'm going to take care of your dandruff problem. <laughs> well, he does. Yeah. He does. He blows him to in, in what is probably the most inventive kill in all the Death Wish films. And that's like, yeah. That is that is the post Home Alone uh, Death Wish moment. I remember when Bronson. this came out. Um, uh, I mean, Eric and Hunter, you'd be too young. With John, remember what the oh, hell yeah. he's been fishing for something? Um, he's tying flies on his fly rod. Right. <laughs> but John, remember how this thing just dropped on the home video? That was it. There was I don't, I don't know about a theatrical release over in the US. It did not get one here. Um, Death Wish. It got one here. It got one. Okay. Well, it doesn't yeah. even look cinematic. It looks like a TV movie. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's very Min- yeah. minus the violence, of course. Right. I got, call, I got a call from a friend of mine who's um big Death Wish, big big Charles Bronson fan. He goes, "Stu, guess what?" And I said, "What?" He goes, "Death Wish Five's out on VHS." I said, "Are you serious? There's a fifth one?" He goes, "Yeah." And he came over, he watched it, and when that scene happened with the um the dandruff, the exploding um soccer ball fuck man we just played that bit back over and <laughs> we were on, was, we were in the fetal position on the floor laughing that hard we go this is the greatest kill in any film ever i remember <laughs> the internet discovered that scene somewhere in the like around 2007 because i started seeing you're the man now dog gifts of it all the time you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna take it's the film problem it's that film's legacy. Yes. It's it's the most memorable thing from it for sure. It's the um, um Macaulay Culkin with the aftershave on his face moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, I would always see this movie on VHS like when you'd go uh visit like a friend's family out in like a small town rural America. Like you'd see their little VHS shelf and it's got a few I would always see like Death Wish 5 or Death Wish for the Crackdown. Like, it just, it was something you'd always see in a small town person's VHS shelf. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, people were watching this on video. Nobody saw it in the theater here. It made, like... Well, Char- Charles Bronson was loved by granddads, and granddads would go to those video stores and rent the VHS. Oh, yeah. These were always yeah. elderly el- people who were up there in age who had these movies. And I highly doubt as well this would have been a you know seventy nine ninety nine retail price for shops to buy for this store. It would have been like twenty bucks, so they can afford that to put one copy on the shelf. Um, I've never seen this. Uh, I know it is now, but I've never seen this sold uh, together with the other movies. It's always been separate for whatever reason. Really? You're living in yeah, the outside country? of. I guess so, but it's always uh, they got the first one on its own, sold separately, and then it's two, three, and four together, usually in a in a three for pack, and then the fifth one for a long time was hard to kind of get your hands on for me anyway. Yeah. Possibly because it's not a canon film; it's a twenty first century release. Uh, when uh, Menachem Golan bought twenty first century distribution, who were basically a notorious flea pit drive-in uh, supplier distributor. You know, they they did kung fu movies and cheap horror films and some Italian movies and stuff. And uh, Menachem Golan bought them and tried to keep the canon magic going uh, on half the budget and made a few films uh, that he owned the rights to. Uh, I think he did like maybe an American Ninja movie under the uh, American, the uh, 21st century 
byline and a couple of other films. Captain America was notoriously a 21st century production. The Albert Pune version. The real the mm-hmm. real Captain America. The real one. Yeah, the, the real one. The one that's actually closer to the comics. So I've heard. I've never the seen it. The one starring J.D. Salinger's son who was forced to drink pee by his old man. Yes. His yeah. old man who didn't like Avengers of the Nerds as well. His old man who didn't that's like right. movies. No. And ranted about them on in an overrated novel that he's only known for. Yep. <laughs> Yes, yes. No, that that was something Salinger liked to do. He liked to. He was a big believer in the health benefits of drinking your own pee. So that's what I read. What are the What are the benefits according to him? I have no idea. It's been a while since I read. (laughs) Smelling great. I don't know. (laughs) Just uh, to interject. There's a. Oh, go ahead. Eric's um. Previous comment. About uh, films not being coupled together. Death Wish 2 and 3 on Blu-ray from Umbrella. With uh, unrated director's cut. Unrated theatrical cut. Um, docos. And the Greek VHS theatrical version of Part 2. On there, Death Wish 4 and 5 together with a bunch of features. And to say all five bundled together. Yes, they did. All five in the no. one box. DVD. So, like I said, you're in the wrong country, friend. Yeah. Yeah. And in this country, you can't package them all together because uh, the first one's owned by Paramount. Yeah. And I have two, three, and four on a Blu ray set. Um, And then five usually is separate. And yeah, the first one's always separate. So, Hmm. yeah. Some of them I own multiple times. I forgot who put it out, but it was a nice swanky version of the Death Wish 2, the extra rape version. Oh, boy. Yeah, because that's oh, what you man. want to see. More of that, don't you? That's how they, that's how they packaged it. <laughs> Death Wish 2 now with more rape. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, That was the... It's it's like a sticker on the Best Buy back when, like, <laughs> was a big thing. Back when they had yeah, Media well, Blasters rated. titles all the time. <laughs> It's unrated, Bronson. <laughs> but, uh, okay, I didn't realize that the drinking urine thing was a thing. Because um, atheism is unstoppable. You know that uh, that guy? Yes. Um, he, was, he was covering this YouTuber who wants to find out how he can... He, he, he thinks he's going to live forever. And he's finding out different methods on how to have that happen. He thinks it's a possible thing. And one of the things he found out was that, oh, if you drink your own pee, nope. that'll keep you going. Nope. A footballer yeah, who here. Who here wants to test this out? No, no, no. <laughs> a footballer here who do, who was stricken with cancer for many years. Very famous footballer tried that and he he died. So, <sighs> well, you want to know a story of how urine will give you life? Yeah, let's hear it. Sure. So, uh, I think this was a relative of a family or something. Not a relative, but like somebody we knew. They came over from Cuba on one of these, uh, you know, plastic bottled rafts or whatever they are. And about day five or six, there was a storm and they lost their way. And between then and the time they finally reached Miami, it was a two week uh, trip as opposed to whatever it would have been otherwise, a much shorter time. So they had to resort because they in the storm, they lost all their supplies and they had to resort to drinking their urine. 
there was one guy who says, I'm not, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm too macho for that. And he's the one who ended up dying. Mm. He refused to drink his own urine. Drink which has, bigot. which has percentage, I don't know how many percentage water in it. <laughs> but anyways. Clearly he was not Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're way I see off more pistol-drinking jokes in Italian movies than any other. Is the reference for that? Oh, Chinese films. They, there's references to that. Mm. Both like Just, zooms. Yeah, Bob Guccione. The final <laughs> years of his penthouse apparently had a certain fetish that was shown too much. Yeah, all right. Let's. Frank mm. killed what was left of that newsstand empire. Yeah. So besides the soccer scene, uh, Death Wish Five. Are we all in agreement that it's uh, it's pretty bad? Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the weakest entries. I think the strong points it has are Michael Parks. I think is a lot of fun as the villain. He has the best moments. The soccer ball scene is fun. Most of the action is pretty phoned in. Um, and like kind of stupid. Like there's that bit where the guy who's the rat in the DA's office, he walks in and Paul Kersey's sitting with his back to him, holding a doll. He goes, I didn't think it would be this easy. And Paul Kersey just kind of slowly turns around and shoots him and goes, neither did I. And I was like, mm. like a lot of the, there's a lot of like slow moments like that where Bronson just seems old. I don't know. It just mm. didn't work. I, I like the part with the uh, poison cannoli. <laughs> well, they should have leaned. They should have leaned more into the poison cannoli stuff, the soccer mm. ball stuff. Like it should have been more traps because you're right, Hunter. He's just too old to be getting up close to these guys and shooting them it just seems ridiculous so yeah okay i'll be fine with him turning into jigsaw dr That's fives baby dr fives yeah. yeah there you go take it old school i'll be fine with Girl. him being dr fives but uh yeah it's like it's it's too little too little amount this is like the uh i told john this was the uh the deadpool of the of the death wish series because he even yep. has yeah. gadgets in it and stuff oh for sure well, and I, I wonder if, if some of that isn't like the post-home aloneness, like, ooh, booby traps are big. Let's do booby traps, you know? No, I think you're right, yeah. And uh, I think you mean straw it, dogs. It, yeah, Most they really should have leaned into more of that, though, Eric. You're right. Like, that would have – it would have made Bronson seem less like – because, you know, it's – at the final act, it's like Peepaw walking around, you know, fighting, yeah. these, fighting this, this guy who looks like Robert Zadar's stunt double with – Clancy Brown voice. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna push you into the acid bath with my shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Time to take a bath. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean the cinematography. Have... Mm. No, I'm just saying, saying, like I'm gonna I'm just reiterating, like they should lean into it if they already had a scene as ridiculous as the soccer ball thing. They should have just made the whole thing ridiculous. Yeah. It was missing a proper director. It was missing Michael Winner. It was missing Jay Lee Thompson. It was just, it was a hack. This movie would have been so much better if Jay Lee was behind the camera. Yeah. But we made it in Canada. <laughs> There's no director like them in Toronto. The strange thing it's is, it's very well, Canadian. Yeah. The strange thing with this as well is it felt like there was a huge gap between part four and part five in terms of years, but there really isn't. There's only five years. What's what's the Ellie? What's the crackdown? Eighty eight or eighty nine? I think it's eighty nine. 
89, isn't Crackdown it? Crackdown yeah. is... Believe it or not, it's 87. 87. Wow. Okay, yeah. So it's a, yeah, wow. Okay, I thought it was 89, like John said. Um, so it's a seven-year difference. But then again, we had from Death Wish 1 to Death Wish 2, we had uh, seven years. Mm-hmm. Part 2 to Part 3, we had uh, four years. So it wasn't, it wasn't a, a drastic amount of time had gone by. But, man, Bronson just looked tired. He looked heavily disinterested. Well, yeah, I mean, Death Wish 2, he's... In Death Wish 2, he already looks very different because uh, previously, I think for Borderline, he got Botox on his face. And so he looks drastically different than he did in 75 um, for that reason. But, oh, no. And... Sorry, I guess you didn't hear. That was no. the soccer ball scene again. Um, <laughs> but, you know, even in 82, when he had poofy cheeks from the Botox, uh, at least I think everybody here is comfortable with how Bronson looked in the 80s. His 80s look is a comfortable look. Uh, sure. Because we're, but by 94, I think he only made about three, possibly four films in the 90s. Like, And none of us really watch them. Like there's Donato and Daughter. There's the Family of Cops films. I mean, yeah. I've seen Donato and Daughter once. I've never seen any of the, the Family of Cops movies. And I think he's in all three of them. He is. I've uh, seen them. They're they're okay. You know, TV movies. Yeah, that's my what favorite. Was the one Sean, what was the one he did with Sean Penn? That's the Indian Runner. Yeah. Indian Runner, yeah. That was a good movie, that's actually. Seen, yeah, and he's what? great in it. But yeah. but those are different films from a Charles Bronson movie. We're just not... Yeah, I'm not used to venturing out into the 90s for Bronson. So, like, when you see him... Looking like grandpa, like like Hunter said, it just it's kind of disarming and and uh, just not a good look. And he, you know, it, it really brings down. If had he looked like he did, even seven years prior or five years prior, I, it probably would be a better movie. Yeah. You, what about the film? Yes, Virginia. There is a Santa Claus. I've never seen. It. <laughs> I I've seen it. It's like this. Uh, family film, except it has one bar fight because Bronson is the star. So Hilarious. you had to have him in one bar fight for the Bronson fans watching. But yeah, it's it's worth watching once around Christmas. That's about it. I'll tell you one thing I don't miss is uh, is the catalyst for the killings isn't a horrible rape. Um, it's actually pretty damn brutal when he shoves Leslie Ann Downs face into the mirror. Yeah, it's a tough scene. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Robert Joy was was one of the better goons in this movie. <laughs> My dandruff. <laughs> um, and Michael Parks is just so sleazy too. Just... He was obviously improving too. I, I don't oh, think yeah. that was those lines are in the script, especially when he does the black voice mocking the black custodian. Yes. That they are rough what does he say, John? <laughs> Don't, don't say it, John. Don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> Eric is trying to get you in trouble. He's goading you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this isn't the version of the show nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you've seen you've seen that meme with uh, with Kramer. Will he say it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A no. Par- for the show. <laughs> yeah. Parks Parks does seem to be going off script, whereas other people don't. In this film. It's the same performance he gives in the Chuck Norris movie made just a few years before the Hitman, where he's the <laughs> villain in that, and it's it's the exact same performance. I mean, he's basically playing the same character. 
Yeah. Bronson did. He just, uh, sorry, Bronson. Michael Parks did. He just played the same character over and over and over and over. You know? Yeah. He was good at that. Yeah. This, this one wasn't, I mean, this one has its sleazy moments, like with the fashion show, you're back there and you see all the girls getting dressed and stuff like that. But it's not as gross as like Death Wish 2, which, right. It was just there to give it an R rating for nudity, but there's no, it's not a, it's not like a Death Wish movie. It's like, um, the world of high fashion is not really a scenario for Paul Kersey, you know? No, it's no. weird to watch Paul going to a fashion show and he's like dating this fashion designer. It's like, yeah. All right. And, uh, and I was sitting there going to like, just how many women in this man's life have been turned into hamburger meat? You know, Like, it's like at a certain point you go, maybe it's me. And like he's telling this girl, <laughs> I'll protect you. And I'm like, your track record is horrible. Oh, it's <laughs> protecting it's women. Have you all, women all die around you. And they get progressively hotter too. Yes, they do. <laughs> they get hotter and hotter. Old, hey, old women like the gray. <laughs> Hey, you're the hottest fashion designer in New York, and I'm a vigilante under witness protection who draws buildings. But he he actually, in real life, did all right after Jill Island died. I mean, he had a woman who was 40 years younger. Oh, and, well, yeah. yeah he's, I, I he's suspect... Charles Bronson. But I'm Richard saying, Harrison... like, you know, Paul Kersey is what I'm talking about, you know. Richard but... Harrison told me that um, Kim Meeks, I think is her name, uh, or Kim Weeks, perhaps, uh she was on the prowl for older richer men um oh. because apparently she cruised him at a party and uh uh he had been married at the time uh so he didn't go for it but uh yeah i guess eventually and then he didn't see her again for many years for like seven or eight years and then all of a sudden he saw charlie who they were friends since master of the uh of the world with vincent price and he saw charlie with this uh lady who cruised him uh seven years prior around his arm mm. so he kind of he kind of figured you know, like oh okay she snatched him and he suspects that towards the end he was getting soft in the head anyway so it was probably yeah. an easy mark like groucho marx he was just um with some woman who was um she was in everything you want to know about sex the woody allen film she was the last the last uh segment the woman who was in the car oh. And she would just, according to one of the books I, I read about the Marx Brothers, she would just beat Groucho. And just... Pardon? Yeah. She Eden just... Hartford. Aaron, I think your name was? Aaron or something? Eden, like that. Eden Hartford. Eden, Eden Hartford. Hartford. Yeah, and she was just an awful uh, human being, according to this book. She just basically just beat Groucho to, you know, to a pulp. All just, things Rob Zombie wanted to depict in his Groucho Marx biopic. Yeah, Sherry Moon Zombie is Eden Hartford. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know for a fact just... Alice Cooper was going to be a character in that too. Gilbert Gottfried would have played uh, Groucho. Yeah. And would have, had he lived, <laughs> he would have been. Jeff Daniel Thorpe. She called needed the money and then getting beaten up, you know. <laughs> Chico. <laughs> Chico needed the money. Oh, don't hit me again, please. <laughs> we just I I just have a little bit of money left from you bet your life. <laughs> and he'll have a he's got the cigar while he's being beat up. 
He'll, yeah, he'll have a You Bet Your Life segment where some of the questions are about the Manson family, even though it's like 15 years before that friggin' happened. But, you know, the Manson family, he's got to shoot in there somehow. <laughs> there needs to be a thing like Groucho with his little comebacks and remarks, and like he just makes one and the person just hits him. <laughs> Reportedly, those were all written for him, right? On like whose line is it? Any- Not whose line. What is it? Uh, what's my line? He was in What's My Line as well, though. Oh, maybe. It's from the 50s. Put your mic on, Hunter. Can't hear a word. He sounds like the the ghost of Charles Bronson. He don't want the shoe to come. Yeah, barely. 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 Yeah. Here, I'll kill some time. You're looking for someone, but it's not Kiss. All right. You should have a drop where he says this will take care of your dandruff problem. I, I didn't I didn't have time. I really ran out of time to pop that on the soundboard. <laughs> the uh, oddest thing I noticed was uh, Kersey's killings were far more like uh, his character in The Mechanic than anything in the Death Wish movies. Yeah, yeah more meticulous. Yeah. Yeah. Very different to the uh, other previous Death Wish films as well. And as somebody mentioned before, I think it was Eric who said that we can we can all pretty much agree this is the worst of the Death Wish films, right? Oh yeah. 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 Easily. I don't I don't like uh Death Wish two very much. No, but yeah, um, like but this but it's probably as a movie a better movie. You don't like it because you don't have the 30% more rape version that I do. That's true. That's true. You know, That's but the people Greek obsess VHS over, version, over right? Death Wish too. Like, uh, you know, certain writers we know, John, think that's like the best movie ever made, you know. Yeah, it's mm. really weird. Wait, who says that? <laughs> oh, I'll name him John Nolte on uh, Breitbart. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, he thinks it's like Oh, I didn't even notice this. On this Death Wish 2 3. Oh, not um, disc 2 is the theatrical TV and Greek VHS, as I mentioned, cut to Death Wish 2, with written introductions by Charles Bonson, biographer Paul Talbot. Didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. yeah Paul, Paul gets all the Bronson gigs now. Mm-hmm. Paul's the. Thanks, Paul thanks is to the... who? Thanks to who now? <laughs> Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got him on the show. Yeah, as he should. I mean, he's put in the time. Yeah, as he should. All right, the Sea Wolf, the Jack London adaptation from '93. I haven't seen that either. I want to see that. I hear it's really good. Yeah, this is Hmm. '90s Bronson we're talking about. Starts with Yes, Virginia. That Yes, Virginia. There is a Santa Claus. The Sea, the Sea Wolf, Donato and Daughter, which is pretty okay. Uh, This movie. Family of Cops, and then the other two Family of Cops films. Who made the worst movies in the 90s? Charles Bronson or uh, Burt Reynolds? Burt. Burt Reynolds? <laughs> yeah. <Really? laughs> Burt made some dogs. Well, there was Bird one that... Made... The one my friend spoke about called Shark or Shark Attack or something. He goes, it was just atrocious. That's, a, that's a late 60s Sam Fuller movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clean well, shame of Burt, no jokes, no humor. Just Burt being a tough guy. Else. Even Bert would tell you it was terrible. So, 
Okay. Yeah, nice. I'll take one of those movies. He would go on Carson, like while it was in release, and Carson would ask him to promote it. They'd be like, "Oh, they're only showing it in prison flights." Ah, you know that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was mad when he'd make these movies because he wanted to be like the jokey Burt Reynolds of the '70s films, and uh, they wouldn't let him do that in those '60s movies. He's all hard-assed and serious, and um, so he would just—he he was never proud of him. So he would just go uh, slam the films on Carson. The very wasn't next he week, kind of that way about Navajo Joe? Yeah, he, he kind of put it clip. down, but he, yeah, he 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 put it down, but then he started coming back, like in the '90s when Corbucci was getting a, a bit of a buzz as oh he was a genius. Then Bert started praising. Yeah, he was pretty good. Corbucci. Was yeah, yeah, he's 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 very complimentary. There's a whole chapter devoted to Navajo Joe and Corbucci in um, his first autobiography. I suggest everybody read it, and he's very complimentary about the movie. Okay. Or about Corbucci's direction, I should say. Well, and Bert got to do a lot of stunts in that one too. Yeah. He he is. And he the got most paid a lot of cash in a briefcase. Oh yeah, he's the most hands-on spaghetti western uh, character in any movie. Really, he's just diving on and diving on people, getting up close. Speaking of Bert, I meant to uh, <clears throat> share this show you boys what uh, I saw at my local JB the other day. This box set. Oh, gosh. Why did it have to be those movies? Yeah, yeah, it's, like all, yeah it's like the a terrible, terrible yeah. lineup. Cannonball Run 2, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, The Man Who Loved Women. Stroke Race. Don't miss that. Like the only decent movie in there is Cannonball Run. Best Little Whorehouse has its fans. Um, mm. I think it it has a very accurate depiction of the Texas A and M football team as a bunch of guys who dance around in the locker room. You know, all the hipsters yeah. that bought that box set because there was quite a few. They did it only for the social media clout. Yes, pictures. That is, they're never. You are they're never that for, You're you're buying that for the packaging. That's it. Yeah, hmm. nobody's going to crack any of those movies open. Because, okay. like, you know, having, like, you know, among, like, millennial guys, like, kind of being an ir- irony bro, Burt Reynolds fan was a thing. I th- Maybe because of Archer. Um, and My Name but, is uh, Earl. My Name is Earl. Uh, yeah. There was, like, you know, I remember, like, my roommate uh, back in Memphis had, like, the Burt Playgirl centerfold on a coffee cup. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You might remember that, Stu. I may have seen it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> may have seen but, it. but, you know, kind of being an ironic Burt Reynolds fan was was a thing uh, for a while. Um, and so, yeah, I, that, that box set feels like a relic from that time. And only 110 bucks as well, if you don't mind. Jeez. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. You can get those movies for like two bucks a piece at a lot of stores I, I'm here sure in America. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Umbrella are becoming very, very uh, expensive these days. It's starting to piss a lot of people off. I don't want to speak out of turn uh, with my theory. So let's take a look at Bert's 90s movies real quick. Let's see if it is better or worse than Charlie's. So (laughs) starts off in 92 with the player. That doesn't count. He has a cameo. Uh, Hunter and I's favorite, Cop and a Half. Yeah, oh, yes. Cop and a half was my never seen it. Yes. The Maddening, unwatchable. I shut it off. 
Uh, I didn't realize he was in Mad Dog Time. Never seen it. Can't say. Can't speak on that. Raven is awful. Uh, Boogie Nights. I don't give a shit. To be honest. Boogie Nights. Bert was right about Boogie Nights. Yeah. I don't really give a shit. And the further that guy uh, continues on in his career, the more I don't give a shit. I'm talking about the director. Step, step up to the mic, Connor. Yeah. Actually, <coughs> unplug your mic and put it back in. I think it just needs a reset. Okay. There you go. That's much better. Yeah, that's much and, better. And that, yes. Well, well, that's pretty much all I recognize because like Big City Blues, Crazy Six, Universal Soldier 2, Universal Soldier 3, Hard Time. I saw the third one of that. It was not good. Didn't, didn't all he these direct are Hard Time? Movies. I think he did all three of them actually. Yeah, um, the TV I, movies that he did. Yeah, I saw for TNT, right? I saw the third one, the yeah. Die Hard ripoff one. Well, one with him that people like is Citizen Ruth. I don't like that movie, but uh, his performance in it uh, was praised. Uh, a terrible film he did was Striptease. Did you ever see that? Oh my God, it's That's it's awful. Horrible. Awful Demi Moore? Yeah. With Demi Moore, yeah, with her big giant plastic cones. <laughs> mm. no, they look like these globes that just don't yeah. move. Disgusting. <laughs> don't lie. You would have had fun with them. Being like I mean, look. Bag. I mean, if they're there... If, like if, bags, they, you know. if she's there, ready to go, sure. Speed why not? Bag. But... Uh, Hunter's Moon is very hard to see. I've never seen it. He's uh, there with uh, Keith Carradine, two alums of the Backwoods films. Uh, he plays like a mountain man getting revenge on another mountain man. Very oh, weird. I kind of want to see that now. <laughs> yeah, it actually, from the scenes that I've seen that are on YouTube, it actually looks kind of cool. And what's that? Hunter's Moon? Hunter's Moon from 1999. That's, that actually sounds kind of cool. Yeah, I got. I'm gonna look for that now. Actually, sounds fun. Did I, I've, I've all along? I don't like Burt Reynolds. I don't care for him. I don't get the appeal. But people like it fine. But the one film I've always said I like a lot is The End. I did enjoy The End quite a bit with Dom DeLuise. Everyone likes Deliverance a lot. Mean Machine, Longest Yard, whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called. Had two different titles. Uh, Sharky's Machine. No, 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 no. Um, the Longest Yard would be then. Oh, The Longest Yard. Yeah, it was known here as Meme Machine on VHS. So you like that, that one? I... That was okay, yeah. It was actually quite Yeah, good. That's, that's one of his best, I think. Yeah. Oh, and Deliverance. That one's, that I got the three. 4K from Kino on the way. You can really count, like, good Burt movies in your one hand. It's, it's uh, Deliverance, True. even though I, I hesitate to even call that a Burt movie, uh, Burt Vehicle, yeah. but uh, Deliverance, Longest Yard. Hustle's pretty good. Sharky's Machine, and I'll throw in Navajo Joe. What about I C? like uh, I like the, I like Cannonball Run. Um, you don't like Smokey, Smokey and the, the Bandit. Bandit. The first one is good. Smokey and the Bandit's good. Um, yeah. uh, it's it's I don't know if it it I tell you what Smokey and the Bandit and Hooper and and during that period all that stuff works with an audience because I've seen mm. it with an audience. I don't know if it'll work at home. I really like WW and the Dixie Dance Kings. That's a favorite. Oh, shit, it's not yeah. on DVD or home video. I like I like that movie a lot too. Yeah. Uh, you can you can find a YouTube upload and watch that. It's it's okay looking, but it's never gotten a legit release anywhere. Maybe because of the music. Eric, Eric yes. what about the classic All Dogs Go to Heaven? 
Oh, you know, I, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I liked it then. Man. Yeah, I just I just love the gr- extremely graphic depiction of hell. Yeah, when Don Bird goes to hell. And like his yeah. he's being his dog characters being ripped apart by uh demon dog skeletons and then dog Satan <laughs> rises out of lava. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Don Bluth was on another another level in the 80s. Dude, that <laughs> scared the life out of me when I was a kid. Bert's plays this dog and he escapes from heaven and they're like if you die again you go to hell and he has this dream about going to hell and like there's this river boat on the river sticks made of dog bones and it has this grim dog reaper and these little like imp dogs start biting him and stuff it's oh it's so like look up all dogs go to heaven like hell scene on youtube and it's amazing there's one more bird. there's one more bird i enjoyed uh Evening Shade, the TV show. I did enjoy watching that mm. in the early 90s. But more so for Mary Lou Hannah, because, you know, Mary Lou Hannah. But the show itself was fine. One one with Bert I've always meant to see, and I've never uh, gotten around to it, uh, is um, Peter Bogdanovich's Nickelodeon. It was on, I missed it, but it was on Amazon about two years ago. And I was like, I'm going to put this on my list. And the day I decided I was going to watch it, it was gone. And apparently there's a, I think Bogdanovich wanted to make it in black and white. And I think there is a black and white director's cut out there. That was um, during his, uh, his everything I do is a failure period. Yeah, no, he well, did another movie with Burt called At Long Last Love. That was a disaster. That one I had, yeah, total disaster. Very enjoyable if you like um those Cole Porter song. Mm-hmm. Speaking of one, I really liked was Lucky Lady, and you can't find that anywhere. I think that's only a burn on demand from Columbia or something. Mm. There was one film I want to bring up with you boys. Um, one of my sons was trying to track it down. I finally found it on archive.org. So, any of you boys ever heard of a film called Forbidden Zone? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, actually, uh, Hunter and I were talking about it the other day. Yeah, the Richard Elfman film. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay, you heard of it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it came up well, because Eric was about to watch uh, Freeway, and he and I said the director was Squeeze It in um in Forbidden Zone. I'd um, never heard right. of it until my son said, "Dad, I want to see this film, Forbidden Zone." I said, it, "It's hmm. like a live action version of those racist cartoons we used to talk about." yeah it's full of like it's full of like americana sambo imagery and stuff like that yeah, <clears throat> yeah. um but yeah the danny elfman movie. doing many of the moochers pretty memorable in that movie yeah yeah in his uh hollywood home i'm sure danny elfman along with his uh now fat wife um they probably, <laughs> they probably have uh it's just it's just a hoarder's house of sambos and lawn jockeys yeah he has a long jockey outside that's how you know he's the only guy in la with a lawn jockey so it's okay though because he voted democrat he hated yeah, trump yeah. so it's okay oh okay yeah. um what a bridge of funding that <laughs> fucking hell she i just oh man I can't even. Wait, I can't talk. I don't, I don't, a few kilos, but holy shit, that woman's just blown out to all proportion. When you look, I at think some, she was you know, stunning back in the nineties. Oh my god! I remember back in um, in in uh, Jackie Brown, yes, but films like Single White Female, Point of No Return, fucking hell. I mean, yeah, but 
Neil. And has the it, irony has is, he... Elfman looks like he just lives at the gym. If you've seen yeah. him lately, he looks like he's been taking up bodybuilding or something. He, he looks like Carrot Top. With his shirt off. <laughs> yeah. 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 He looks like Carrot Top now. It's crazy. Yeah. And he was like a bean pole, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, she Eric, Eric, did you get to watch Freeway? I did. What'd you think? Uh, I really, really liked it, and then it got progressively more reptilian until the point where it was it was so cold that I was just like, ah, if this would have been less cold, I would have I would have liked it more. Yeah, it's a pretty it's an odd movie though. Like, not at all the film I was expecting. I I more or less expected this absurd reality that it lives in, but I don't know. Towards the end, she becomes highly unlikable. Whereas she was very likable before. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, I don't need to, I'm not like one of these people who's like, who's there to root for in a movie? I don't yeah. need to have a likable character in my movie. No. But it's, it's another thing where you take a character that you end up liking at the beginning and then completely kind of, you know, all of a sudden they're murdering innocent people. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. I it just didn't, it didn't really, it rubbed me the wrong way, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's good. Bad. It's good. But it just kind of lost me about I, I still want to see the sequel with Vincent Gallo. The trailer I saw, yeah, I want to see it just because uh, Prince Vince is in it, but I <laughs> the, tra the trailer the trailer doesn't look all that appetizing. It's it's like hard to watch. Yeah, it looks like more looks like more nihilism to me. And Vin yeah. vinegar syndrome put it out, so you you have a good idea of the quality there. Yeah, now they're starting to get into more mainstream stuff. They are. They've, they've been picking up bigger stuff. Yeah, but for a while, for like the first 10 years of their, you know, inception there, they uh, they were just doing like, basically, they were, you, had to, you had to spend buco bucks to watch one and a half star movies. Oh, yeah. Like the, the, for a long time, it was like the best movie they had was like Hell Comes to Frogtown or something. Yeah. It was, it was Dracula's uh, Great Love starring Paul Nashy. That was their best movie for yeah. several years. It's the only one I bought for a while. I just want to yeah, point I, out, for the record, I'm sick. I've had fuck all sleep, and I'm watching a Danny Trejo dummy toy. Reality. <laughs> I'll have to figure the clutch cargo thing out. Maybe that's what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably have Dude, an attack or something. No, we'd need to do the Conan O'Brien thing where we have Arnold on, and he's like, nah. Those are still have, you, have you seen the latest Arnold video where he and Dolph Lundgren are working out at uh, Gold's Gym? No. And, uh, and Arnold gets out a hoist machine for the lats and he goes, ah, this is elderly abuse. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. He <laughs> needs Arnold. Arnold, uh, John and I were about a year, two years ago, like we were reeling over his uh, fuck your freedoms, you know, that thing. And we're like, you know what Arnold, you know what Arnold needs to do? He needs to set up on skype or whatever he's got money he can spend money on some good equipment he needs to do a talk show in his house and the donkey is his ed mcmahon and then uh he has uh like greta thunberg over he says ah you stupid retard <laughs> you know you gotta have something like that that'd be i'm gonna run you down with my hummer <laughs> yeah and this is of course years after he you know claimed that he was riding around in a prius Oh yeah. Oh, I remember he used to be like, uh, I drive my Hummer and you know, oh you you girly man with your Prius. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I get four miles to the gallon. <laughs> <laughs> but man, Arnold, dude, uh, that interview that came out with him, he's still do bang, banging the King Conan drum and uh, <laughs> complaining that Jason Reitman killed the twin sequel. I am so glad. Like, thank goodness Jason Reitman has some sense to put the kibosh on that once his dad was in the ground. <laughs> Just yeah. nope. Arnold, you know, you know who fucked over your uh, twin sequel, Triplets? Your dick when it fucked that Mexican bitch. Mm. <laughs> Nobody wants to put up with you anymore. That's it. Yeah, he a- you- automatically got rid of his female audience, like women well, that bought tickets. Man, he just, you know, not anything he's been in that's done well, it's usually he's with Stallone or somebody else. Like, he hasn't been able to carry a movie like The Last Stand was a flop. I don't think Sabotage did well. The Terminator movies, which that's a name franchise, none of those did well. Um, You know, I think he should. And like, he, like you, you pointed out too, John, uh, he totally tanked The Apprentice when he took it over for Donald Trump. Yeah. You know, just the guy's the guy is box office and he, he's just box office poison. You know, there's no other way to describe him. There's no, nobody wants a King Conan movie. I don't believe people who say they want a King Conan movie. I, yes, I, I do. I, he's your granddad's if, action hero by now. If, yeah. If you like Conan, the barbarian stories, you don't, I, you don't want a King Conan movie. Only people no. who just have weird, who think the Arnold movie is the thing. Want that. I'm convinced. That's a tiny I'm, audience. I'm convinced if he had an affair with a J-Lo level beaner, everything would be okay. fine. I don't know if we could say that on here. Okay. Well, so Eric's is Sp- Eric is Spanish, so it doesn't matter. He I know, but the algorithm picks it up. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. If it, okay, I'll I'll reiterate. If if he had if he had an affair behind Skeletor's back with a J-Lo level Latina woman then everybody would just be like, well, that's not great, but we understand. He'd be celebrating now, wouldn't he? Uh, title 42, gone. Bring them all here. <laughs> <laughs> Bring more dreamers. <laughs> they dream of being with me. <laughs> that's right, Fez. All right, make a, you guys want to bring more of them here? They're the best. They're the best you could bring to from Mexico. Come on, bring them to California. I fuck all of them. <laughs> how many? How many are we talking? It's like fifty thousand people that entered the the country just five seconds ago. What was the number? Shit, is it fifty five thousand? I think to be it's precise. It's like the largest ever. How much people are uh, um, uh, filtering through in a day? Too many, and I've seen the videos, and there's precious few women and children in that caravan. It's it's people, it's it's adults who are not even Mexican. They're coming from Africa or God knows where. Yeah, it's it's a it's basically a human trafficking pipeline. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody's just lying to us saying it's like, oh, it's asylum seekers, it's women and children. It's uh, now I'm not seeing it. Hmm. It's it's potential victims for Paul Kersey. That's all it is. <laughs> There's oh, another gosh. 50 death which movies lined up they could have done. <laughs> like Trump says, they're not sending hey, the best. I bet you <laughs> if Michael Winner was still around, he totally would make that movie. Yes, he would. <laughs> yeah. You bet. Michael Winner was Michael, like right wing as hell. 
like oh was he like death wish three like you know in that canon documentary it the whole the part on that movie is just all the stars complaining about how racist they thought the movie was (laughs) it's too bad that um stallone really dropped the ball with that fifth rambo movie because i you know when i heard he was going to go up against the cartel i'm like okay i'm kind of down for that Hmm. yeah it's a good idea it's just the movie sucked it was like a Wes Craven film or something like, yeah. and I like Wes Craven, but it it was you know it was like Wes Craven's Rambo. When does Rambo knock on a door? <laughs> you could argue he's you could argue he's on his medication or something. I don't know. It's so stupid. Well, and uh, it's like, it's like in, go. It's like in the Batman when Batman goes to the front door and it, it he tells the engine, <laughs> "I want to see the penguin." <laughs> Oh, in the back. He's supposed to ninja his way in. That's Rambo supposed to ninja his way in. Come on. He's supposed to appear in the room with the penguin. The penguin says some stuff, turns around, and Batman's gone or whatever. You know, that's how, that's what Batman does. And and in the space of a few days, Rambo had this perfectly excavated tunnel that went for miles, and he managed to do that in a few days. I mean, come off it. Yeah, it was like the Vietnam tunnel rat system going. We're gonna out. we're gonna blast some doors in here. Trap them. No, I mean, we're, we're gonna blast Rainbow Four. Rainbow Four is fucking insane. It's one of the best Rainbow films ever. I think it's, it is the best, really. Yeah, that one's a gore fest. I love it. Yeah, but um, yeah, boy, like Eric was saying, Five was just so bad. Yeah, it's hideous. Speaking yeah. of Five. I think we should rank the Death Wish movies. Yes. I think we should uh rank them from best to worst. Uh we include the do we include the Bruce Willis one? Or the Kevin Bacon one. What was that? Oh, Death Sentence, yeah. Yeah. What about Death the Jodie Foster one? Huh? The Brave what one? Happened? Oh, the Brave one. Oh, yeah. the Brave one, yeah, but that's not based on Garfield's books at all. So it's just a plagiarism. Yeah, yeah. Because it like because I mean, not that the sequels to Death Wish are anywhere near part of the two novels at all, but at least it's still adapted. To, it's, it's still the I don't know, you know what I mean. It's it's in the mm-hmm. same ballpark, at least. It's in the same it has the same genes. Um, but yeah, Death Sentence that came out in 07. That came around the same time as Shoot 'em Up and all those movies that have been completely forgotten about. Yeah. Oh, yep. Speaking of that, just pause right there, Eric. Yeah. Um, John, don't please please don't ever mention the title "Shoot 'Em Up" in the oh, end. It's one of the worst movies of all time. No, no, no. We got um. Oh. We got in trouble for it. What? From the from the uh, from the Zuck. Your post has been oh. removed because of the word. Shoot. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. You you never know what you're allowed to say. It's crazy. That's why you go on Discord, folks. Join us on Discord. We don't have a fucking problem. So, uh, so now I'm going to be censored for saying the title of a movie. They're going to think I'm going to be uh, talking about a, a Fred Williamson film in the '70s or something. No, well, well was you, to be yeah. fair, you are an exploding doll. So, <laughs> yeah, well, there you are. Um, so, do we include Bruce Willis' Death Wish slash in our ranking? Yeah, yeah sure. Not. I've never seen it, but you guys can. I'm going to put it at the bottom of the list anyway. I'll tell you. It's the bottom. It's fucking terrible. Uh, what about? But no death sentence. Uh, since it's Garfield, but I don't think anybody here besides me and you have seen it. So I yeah, never even heard of it. I saw it years ago. I didn't. I didn't care much for it, but 
I thought some of the set pieces are, are pretty good. The problem with that movie is, is it leans too much into what Garfield was trying to say with those books, which at the end, uh, the final climax, Bacon wipes out everybody and the last dying guy is just like, oh, you look just like me, making some sort of commentary about like, oh, I you're no different from me. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah, that's stupid. No, no actually, yeah. he's nothing like you. You murdered his wife and kid for no reason. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't seen Death Sentence in a while. I saw it when it came out and uh, I think I saw it again on video. But uh, But anyway, all right, uh, Eric, you want to go first? Yeah, I think it's easy for me. Um, so number one, obviously, 1974, Death Wish. Uh, so I'm here we'll just, uh, instead of saying all the titles. So one, four, two, three, and five. All right. Okay. John, John, what about you? Um, one, four, Probably three, then two and five. All right, Stu. All right, I'll go from worst to best. I'm gonna go worst is the the Bruce Willis one. Then I'll go. Um, so that was number six, and so number five will be uh, part five. Uh, number four will be part two. Uh, number three will be part three. Number two will be part one, and my favorite's part four. Okay. Yeah, I used to say part four was my favorite, but uh, recently, having revisited a few of these movies, I've switched it around. So I'll go from worst to best. I think the worst is Death Wish 5. Um, next, I'll do Death Wish 2018. I don't hate it as much uh, as y'all do, maybe because it's like the last time Bruce Willis made a real movie. I don't know. Bruce um, Willis. I don't yeah <laughs> Duck I, didn't, I didn't that's really how he did it, yeah but uh it it wasn't very good and then um after that i will put uh death wish 2 which i'm not a huge fan of then death wish 3 then uh death wish 4 and my favorite isn't the original 1974 mm -hmm. What you I th I think you were favorable towards death sentence. What were you gonna say about it? Uh, if I was gonna put it in that ranking, well, I would like what um, you thought about the film in general. Uh, I remember liking it just fine. I had a the same problem with the ending where it's like the revenge bad. It's like okay, we get it, but you know, I hate it when a movie, um, kind of almost pornographically indulges in something like that and then tells you but remember kids it's wrong yeah scorsese does it all the time billy jack does as well yeah well that that actually happens all the time in billy jacks it's like oh gotta be peaceniks yeah, gotta like, be peaceful I, I was like the movie is like but just like revels in excess and orgies and drugs and stuff and then it's like just it's actually bad though it's like is it though is that what you're telling me is that the message because like if you're having a movie about revenge where it's like awesome revenge stuff and then um just kidding revenge is bad that's annoying but you know i thought like you know but when kevin bacon's family gets killed and he's going out for revenge i thought all that stuff was good you know i, I liked i enjoyed the journey there so yeah, yeah there's some good set pieces yeah, it was yeah, the best yeah. Death Wish film of the 2000s. 
Punisher Warzone. That was the best revenge film. You know, I liked Punisher Warzone, but uh, the only thing I had with it was that Punisher like kills a cop and he's like, I'm going to quit. <laughs> oh. It's like, no, Frank Castle would be like, oh, shouldn't have gotten in my way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But him I think the best revenge movie I've seen is Wrath of Man in this century. Oh, yeah, it's good. With Guy that's Ritchie. Good. I, I need to did see. not expect it to be as good as it was. Have to check it out well, yeah overly, com- overly complicating uh, overly complicated for such a simple story but i i didn't mind it i've fallen off the um guy richie bandwagon i, I haven't seen, seen anything ones. don't sleep don't sleep on uh wrath of man it's a good one is it really yeah since the... yeah it's off formula for him it doesn't have his fancy camera angles or music soundtrack punches and all that stuff uh, it it doesn't it doesn't feel like a guy Ritchie movie at all the last thing I saw by him was Sherlock Holmes' Game of Shadows. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, check out Wrath of Man. I like the first Sherlock Holmes. The second one was, eh, you know. Yeah, I like the first one fine. The second one just was a retread with Moriarty, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. neither of them had an actual mystery that was worth a damn. That was the problem with those movies. Yeah, they were more like bromance movies. Screenwriters don't know how to write that stuff. They don't know how to do a mystery. They have no clue. That's what Hollywood's in the shithole that it is at the moment. Oh, and, and they're on strike for more money for such loud for writing mysteries with no mystery. Oh, never, my never has a more worthless, talentless group uh, demanded so much. Yeah, there's nobody to root for the studios or the writers. Yeah, they both suck. They, you know. Yeah, um, yeah they want more money for for to to shell out more shit. I guess bizarre. So, uh, which of you boys are sending in your Miller Lite ads from the 80s to uh, compost? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with your fucking beer companies? They're going down the shitter. Uh, it? It's weird. It feels, so, this stuff feels like deliberate. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, of course it is. It, it's really strange. Um, it's uh, ESG. That's what it is. The wrong people have been promoted in the last 20 years in corporate America. Oh, it's just funny with the uh, Bud Light. It was a woman who'd been in the job three months. They managed to tank it by doing what she did with you know yeah. who. Then it was another woman who got promoted to the job at Miller Light. Had been in the job three or four months, and then did what she did. So there's a pattern happening here. Oh, now there's one with a gun company as well called um Koch something Koch. Heckler. Yeah, yeah, Heckler Koch. Where the woman was uh. Yeah, the DMO for Hecron Koch going on about how women are being objectified, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, thanks to the interwebs, somebody drew up pictures of her, or uh, managed to scrounge up pictures of her from her day in bikini um, contests. I'm looking for them now. <laughs> They're there. <laughs> and, uh, after all, and after that was uh, brought up on Twitter by... I can't remember the name of the person who did it. Yeah, her accounts got deleted. She shut them all mm-hmm. down. So did the Miller Lite lady. Oh, and also the woman, Alana Garva or Gra- Garvey or something, her name, who did the Miller Lite ad. Um, the woman who's gone, and they put us in bikinis. Um, who was I watching? The Quartering? What was it? The Benny Show. I think it was The Benny Show on YouTube. 
he goes, eh, strange. She doesn't like women in bikinis. And he just brought up her Instagram of her pictures in bikinis everywhere. It's like, these fucking idiots, <laughs> they don't know how to keep shooting themselves in the foot anymore. It's just unbelievable. Well, they, just say, they just say and do whatever they think is going to get them attention and approval in any situation, uh, regardless, like, you know, not even thinking about that at all. It's just, it's just what's going to get me attention and approval. That's it. I saw an article today, uh, I forget what the headline was, but it was basically saying that Tom Holland, they were poo-pooing the fact that Tom Holland got paid more for some TV show that he did. Uh, he got paid more than all of his female co-stars combined. And I looked it up. And according to IMDb, Tom Holland is the star of the show. So he's in all 10 episodes. Uh, Amanda Seyfried is in two. Uh, the other two gals, who I don't know who they are, they're in two or three. Yeah, of course Tom Holland got paid more money. Doesn't, you know, like, what the fuck are you guys thinking? They're not. That's the thing. They're not thinking. You need a brain to do that. And some people lack those. I'm not saying all of them, but some people are lacking them. Well, we're, we're, we're going through bad times over here. I mean, we got uh, planes nearly crashing because of affirmative action hires. We got... Uh, uh what is it um testing positive for marijuana with people act at work just just uh what do they call those things uh, uh pop tests at work or whatever it is everybody's high as balls out here I, every day i walk around here i think at least twice a week i see i witness witness not aftermath i witness an action an accident happen what are the odds of that because i think they're probably high or on their phone one of the two might as well, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. They usually go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. There's. A lot yeah, I used to be pretty libertarian. I used to be pretty damn libertarian about all this, and I was just like, yeah, the drug war. But now, you know what? Now, <laughs> you know, fucking criminalize it again. These people, you you people don't know how to act. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah these people need wood shampoos real bad. Yeah. They, they need a cop to harass them, knock them on, knock them upside the head. <laughs> Wood shampoo. Yeah. I've never heard that before. What were you gonna say? Hey, Hunter? wood shampoo. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. No. Sorry. Uh, do we want to rate Death Wish five? Hmm. Yeah. All right, Eric. What would you get Death Wish five? Four and a half out of ten. John, I'll give it a four. Do. Hated it. I'll give it a two. I gave it a four initially because of um, Parks and Joy and the soccer ball, but that's pretty generous. I think I might give it a three. Mm. No, I'm still sticking to two. I'm, I've got to stick to my guns. I'm not, I can't reward bad behavior, so I'm sorry. No. Bronson looks to Canadian behavior. Uh, yeah well yeah is that it's a very canadian film very cheap boring toronto locations it's very it is what it is you and know, every time you bring canadian up your, your dislike of canadian films i always think back yeah, john's got a good point oh that's right class of 1984 is a fucking classic so no you're right i don't consider it a canadian though because the director is half the cast is american and um half a canadian. Uh, the director is from LA, so no I yeah what about uh, John, the greatest television show of all time, Forever Night? 
<laughs> I haven't watched it yet. We, we need to do, to do that show though. on good. Forever Night. Yeah. Yeah, we got to do it. Let's see if we get that shot and Zubox guy on here for that because he he I know he's seen it because he's tweeted about watching it. So oh, gotta yeah. watch shoot. Gotta watch shoot from 1976. I think that's a Canadian. Oh movie. yeah, that one. What about Kung Fu: The Legend Continues? I like that. That's a good Canadian show. I, yeah, I've there's a few. Movie. I've got and it's same producer as Forever Night. Too. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I look forward to Forever Night. <laughs> I, I, I watched some Andromeda with Kevin Sorbo, the the one that Gene Roddenberry wrote an idea down on like a napkin, and they made a show out of it. Oh yeah, Gene. And then, then it got ripped off by Firefly. Son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, that was. I remember them throwing around Gene Roddenberry's name on stuff where it's like. Hey, he's been dead a while. Like, how much did he really have to do with this? If there was some, if there was something about uh, sexual craving, he definitely had a lot to do with it. Yes, yes. he was. Uh, he was always about his his uh, his uh, plumbing. <laughs> yes, he was. It's very obvious when I watch Star Trek now. It's like, boy, he he was really getting it on. <laughs> And you can tell when he left the show because the women became way less overtly sexualized, you know. Yes. The tops and the short skirts went away. Felt, felt less like a uh, Hollywood swinging party, you know. Yes, yes. Felt <laughs> fewer, fewer of the alien women trying to bang Kirk. It's real yeah. obvious. It's like when I watch it now, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. No. It's or they're intrigued watch, by Spock. When you watch the Next Generation, you know the first few seasons you know it's a lot more lusty than, than really anyway here's uh that uh marketing woman from heckler and koch who complained about women being objectified in bikinis that was her in her day oh she spent mm -hmm. time at the gym oh yeah well she's competitive but the thing is it's the hypocrisy of it all john yeah, I mean, she knew she no, did agree. Yeah, so it's um, yeah. She thought she could pull an Arnold and just come up with uh, it. It was the nineties or some yeah, shit like that, you know. It was. Yeah, I'm not gay, YouTubers. but twenty bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you can call I it gay for give, pay. I call it the seventies. Give her a hammer. Um. Anyway, but one of the YouTubers out there was saying that um, these women. Don't seem to understand. There's a thing called Wayback Machine. <laughs> They've never heard of it for some reason. They, they don't get the internet at all. No. They don't understand we can look stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Too bad I hear Heckler & Koch is a really good firearm company. Like, I heard their stuff is great. If you have yeah. an H&K, it's a good gun. But Bud Light, we're now paying people 20 bucks to actually take a case of beer. <laughs> I thought what was funny was the report I read that Sales of Bud Light had dropped in gables in New York. Like even the gays were. Yeah, they, they, um, yeah, they, um, uh, uh, put a ban on them. They just yeah. they dropped Bud Light as well. Because when Bud Light yeah. backpedaled and said, "Oh well, this is only marketed to one person," they said, "Well, you meant to stick with us." So they've lost everybody basically. The gays also put a ban on "Can't Stop the Music." Yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that one at all. I think it's just it's stupid. True. Yeah. No more screenings of that, of cruising, <laughs> Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. 
in 20 years, somebody will write a really interesting book about the corporate missteps of this, of the last six months or seven months is this uh, kind of strange. It's like new Coke over and over and over again. You know? Will, will it, the, will it include that uh, BlackRock is subsidizing all of their failures? Needs to. Uh, I think it's going to be a longer era than that. I think it's, you know, you're going to have to look at like the period of a few years, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. A lot of missteps. Yeah, it's because Paul Kersey isn't around to clean, <laughs> clean things up. You know, they they feel safe. They feel bold without him prowling the streets. Well, what does it say that they could never continue the Death Wish franchise with another actor? Like because they've tried several times. Yeah. There, no, I no... think even well, even Menachem Golan was going to do like Death Wish Six, the new Vigilante or whatever. He wanted to well, he did. He actually made the movie in Israel or something. Oh, he did? Oh, oh really? Yeah. Who is it? It, it has a different really title, though. Uh, no, it was um, it was that guy that was in uh, American Cyborg, I think, or something. I forget the actor's name. It was name. Topol. Uh, it wasn't. It's like he has a name. <laughs> he looks like Joe Lara, and um, he has a similar name, but it's not. He later, I think he worked on Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's a long-haired dude. And like Joe I have not was, seen it. Was it Yogi Berra? That would, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. It's all been so. I mean, I think they actually had something of a hit when Bruce Willis, when they first made that trailer for the Bruce Willis movie, if had they stuck to their original release, because it caused a lot of problems, if you remember. Had they stuck yeah. to the original release, it probably would have made more money than it did when they pushed it, than when they uh, pushed it back or forward. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. Jason Statham as Paul Kersey. <laughs> huh? They'd have they'd have to change his uh, his career. I can't buy him as an architect. I'm just kidding. There's no way he could do yeah. it. Well, they made well, him a like marine in... biologist in those dumb Meg movies. Yeah. Well, it's like in uh, in in uh, Crank when Jason Statham sits down his girlfriend. He goes. Remember when I told you I was a video game programmer? <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, in that movie, it's tongue-in-cheek. Like, it's supposed to be ridiculous. Right, know? right. But, but... <laughs> Those guys, I'm I guess they broke up. The, the Neville, Dean, and Taylor, I guess they broke up. So they, they were working on a third one. It was supposed to be in 3D. This is over 10 years ago now. Yeah, they're not working together anymore, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. One of them married the chick from uh, Drag Me to Hell. Allison oh, really? Loman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, she's she's like really based online. Yeah, oh, I, I think I think that guy is really based who married her. I think so. They were some of the only based directors in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. The, well, they did the a movie called movies, Gamer. So yeah, that's pretty. It was pretty good though. That was a pretty good one. Um, Gamer. The one that they did. Yeah, the one that they the Ghost Rider yeah. movie they did the sequel to Ghost Rider that was bad. Yeah, yeah that, that one was. Yeah. I was really wanting that to be better than it was, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gamer's pretty good. Yeah, it is. Um, but I like that in the Crank movies a lot. Hmm. Um, right, going to wind it up, boy. Yeah, I think uh, any any closing uh, anything you need to plug, Eric? Any anything you're? No, I am gonna as soon as we get off, I'm gonna read a story from Wild Billy Boyles. Sweet. I'm gonna do. All right, fellas. Well, that's you it. You me going, what's this, Stuart? Stuart, what's this mean? What's this mean? I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I'll let you know. You know, what's a bill, you know what a billy is? Do you know what a billy uh, is? No, tell me. No, tell me. A cow? What is it? The book you find out for yourself. What am I going to tell you? It's oh, like a, you could, no, it's you trapped a, me. It's a cast iron pot that sits on top of uh, like an open fire or uh, sort of thing. And it just, it's, it's kind of like a kettle, but it's a cast iron pot that they used back in the 1800s. So hmm. it's okay. It's a reference as while the Billy Boils, we're going to tell some stories sort of deal. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and uh, he I rolls around a full and book holds review when you're back on next. <laughs> you understand? Full oh book yes, review. you got it. Right. You won't, you'll be gone for about a month, so I'll have plenty of time. Yeah, well, yeah, about that. Should I read it in order? It is an anthology, so I guess I can just start anywhere. It doesn't matter. Just read it whenever. Yeah, just read whatever whenever. It's not. Um, it's not a creep show movie. I need to watch yeah. it. All. All right, with that, I'm going to go ahead and say adios. So peace out. And now it's time for Rue Britannia with your foreign correspondent, the Nez. Surprise, nobody ever knows who still think that the Little Mermaid won't drown on opening weekend, and it will. Convicted paedophile and all round national treasure Rolf Harris finally popped his clogs this week at the age of 93 years of age. Ever the figure of fun, however, Rolf kept the public entertained even at the end of his life by effectively dying on the 10th of May, and yet somehow ensuring that his death was only actually announced by his family on the 23rd of May. Must have been a rather interesting funeral in wake, the officiating priest effectively struggling to say remotely anything good about the convicted paedophile, followed by a get-it-all-up-your-buffet done at the local Toby Carvey. Fair play, Rolf. You were evidently in life a complete and utter reprobate cunt, but in death you actually kept the public waiting. Except, Rolf, your death was actually really worth the wait. Comedy. And it's mass suicide all round the ICB this week as the network suffers a double blow of adverse suck in the course of a week. On the one hand, the Saturday night presenters Anton Deck, or to quit the film Love Actually, and or Deck, announced their decision to leave this show off for 20 years. And on the other hand, the network's decision to effectively sack weekday mid-morning presenter and gay national treasure Philip Schofield. The fact that his brother was effectively convicted of child sex abuse last week having absolutely nothing to do with the sacking in any way, shape or form whatsoever, which ITV still maintains wasn't the sacking, which of course it was. Suffice to say that the network share price on the London Stock Exchange effectively took a bit of a downward hit, which is always good news, though on the other hand, there's certainly no substitute for the idea of the network effectively being put out of business once and for all, let alone in terms of its declining ratings, which these days are basically about as high as the number of positive reviews with the dial of destiny on Rotten Tomatoes. That's an idea. Give Faye Waller Bridge her own Saturday night show on ITV. Call it, I don't know, I suck. Boredom. And Harry Markle suffered a blow up on a bruise this week when the ginger lost a second legal attempt in the High Court to pay the Metropolitan Police 
to provide personal protection for him and his wife. You know, she who must be obeyed. The helicopter pilot and Ginger had his first legal application thrown out on the grounds that the Metropolitan Police didn't really exist to actually be his personal protection unit. The helicopter pilot and professional all-round Ginger had his first legal application thrown out on the grounds that the Metropolitan Police didn't exist to be his own personal protection unit, even though he effectively volunteered to fund them himself. The second legal rejection was clearly somewhat the charm. Given how the Immortals last week faked the paparazzi car chase in New York, there's clearly an argument for snapping brake cables. I volunteer. Further notes in passing, the English football season finally grants to an end, which therefore means that the crime rate amongst professional footballers will effectively inevitably increase over the course of the summer months. You know the drill. Ferraris hitting lampposts, badinage turning into cases of unwanted slap and tickle, cocaine busts, and career-threatening assignations with five-figure prostitutes. Roll on autumn. Ex-model and big-titted Cara Katie Price adopts a spastic black child to effectively go with her range of Gucci handbags. I'm joking, of course. She's already got one. And finally, an elected Indian Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has referred ex-Prime Minister Boris Johnson to the Cabinet Office of allegations that as Prime Minister he breached COVID guidelines and protocol whilst at the Prime Minister's country residence at Chequers, which I guess makes the pair of them a pair of... No, 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 stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Thank you for listening to the Midnight Movie Cowboys. For more information, go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com. For feedback, comments, or show suggestions, go to midnightmoviecowboys at gmail.com. Like what you hear? Head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Hear us on Stitcher Radio. Head over to stitcher.com and download the app. Want to help the show out? Head on over to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and hit the PayPal donate. We appreciate all donations of any denomination. Find us on Twitter at MMCowboys. Like us on Facebook. Head over to facebook.com type in Midnight Movie Cowboys. Hit the like button over there. Want to friend us personally on Facebook or follow us on Twitter? Go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and find the links from there on the right-hand side. Thanks for listening. See you all next week.